Welcome to the Growth Schema Podcast, the show where we discuss leadership, team management, and everything in between. I'm your host, Daniel, and today we will be exploring the topic of work-life balance, particularly from the perspective of a working mother. With me today, I have Lisa Bartolo, who is a commercial operations manager and a full-time mother. Lisa, thank you for joining me this morning. How are you feeling today? Feeling very well. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having me as your guest. Perhaps you can tell us a bit about your background and what's your take on work-life balance vis-à-vis being a full-time mother yourself. I have always been in sales and management as a background, starting off from working in shops and then working my way up. Um, Work-life balance being a mother is tricky. (laughs) Big juggling act. Um, Fortunately, it's a lot easier than when I started. I'm 45 years old, so the younger generation have it much easier than I did, but... um, it's still, it's still a juggling act. There's a lot. There's a lot to juggle. Okay. What were the initial struggles? The initial struggles are when you're trying to build a career, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, you have to focus on career. There. That's why I feel probably men have it easier because um, they are not expected to be the household manager, let's okay. put it this way. All right. So I feel the biggest job a working mother has is the mental burden of not only having the full-time job and a job at a certain level where, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the 40-hour week most of the time does not cut it. Mm-hmm. You have another full-time job because you have several other things to coordinate, the household and you add in the children and there's, you know, after school activities, there's doctor appointments, there's, did I go and do the grocery shopping? Do I have enough stuff, to, you know, prepare dinner this <laughs> <Yeah>. evening? <laughs> so it's, it's the mental burden. And that's why I say it's a juggling act because you have to juggle everything. And, um, there was a meme going around recently where women are expected to work like they don't have children, but parent like they don't have a job. And it's in, it's impossible. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough cookie. It feels like that you're two completely different persons at, at one go. So because parenting is a full-time job, really. So you're there 24-7 for your child uh, or children um, uh, and basically have to address all, all their needs. So um, you feel responsible and majorly responsible for their upbringing so it's a it's a huge responsibility and a huge commitment it's a lifetime commitment um an interesting fact is is that uh, initially you mentioned the fact that nowadays um the the present generation has it a little bit easier is it because you feel there are more opportunities today or it's easier to build up a career there is more awareness um i know many people complain about the younger generation but you know you always stand on the shoulders of who came before you mm-hmm. my mother never worked a day in her life all she did was took care of home children and so on my generation and then was expected to go out to work in some shape or form it was still frowned upon if you you know are career orientated mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wanted to get ahead in life so 
yes, there were less opportunities because if you are of childbearing age as a woman, you're seen possibly as a liability. So that decreases your opportunities out there. So you've got to work harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do choose to have children, you really have to step up the game. You have to prove that you're still worthy of being employable, even though you're going to go out on three months mm-hmm. <laughs> maternity leave. <laughs> um, or you have to make changes to accommodate this new, I don't call it situation, because having children in my case <laughs> was, not, was not something that happened. It was something that was planned and wanted. But you have to make changes. You have to adapt. It's also a still very prevalent cultural thing in people of my age where it's the woman who takes takes care care, of the household. We pick up the kids from school or or take them to school or follow the homework or do the doctor's appointments and get dinner ready and do the shopping and the cleaning. The new, the younger generation, because technically the 20-year-olds today, there are two generations between, between me and them, they realize that no this is a team if Mm -hmm. you're going to enter into this life it is a team so now even the laws are helping out there's parental leave now that did not exist 20 years ago yep and that is a huge help because that is recognizing legally that there are two in this team there are two parents not only one yep so it doesn't all have to fall on the mother even though it's still expected, for example, if the child is sick, it's the mother that's going to stay home. Thanks to parental leave, and they've also been discussing the introduction of, of sick le- parents being able to take mm-hmm. sick leave to take care of children. That is a huge help because mm-hmm. predominantly it's still the male who is the, the majority breadwinner. So their job is more precious, so to say. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel the younger generation—they have it better. I don't want to say easier because it's not easy out there for anyone. You know, it's mm-hmm. not—it's not to demolish the. I'm not bashing the younger ones <laughs> at all. But um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad to see these changes happening. And it's interesting the fact that um, the the role of the father changed so much um, uh, along the years. The father figure is, is majorly different than it was. 10, 20 years ago even, because as you said, nowadays fathers are more involved in, uh, in, their, in their child's day-to-day living. For example, personally, I'm not, I'm not sure 100% whether my father knows what I studied and what I do as, uh, on a full-time basis. Um, he just knows that I work and that's, that's it for him. But I presume that um, fathers today, and I take it from my scouting experience, are more involved. Ten years ago, um, only the mothers used to pick up their children from scouts. Nowadays, it's the, either the father or the mother, or both in some cases. Even in the introductory meet, when uh, when the child joins our group, um, they are introduced to the group and um, uh, the parents attend. So this sort of introductory meeting. And ten years ago, only the mother used to attend. Nowadays, both parents attend. And um, I'm I'm glad to see that both parents are equally involved. And uh, and this because as you said it's a, it's a joint effort so um, that's a huge step forward uh, when it comes to parenting um, from the eyes of the child how do you think this affects um, the perspective of motherhood and fatherhood? 
it's it's really important that the child understands that he's got two people in his corner. Yes, there is always going to be the one who you're going to go to because you know you can get away with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's important for a child to see that if there are two if it is a two parent mm-hmm. family we know that not all the situations are the same but it's important for the child to know that there are people in his corner not just the ruler of the household that you're scared because you broke a glass mm-hmm. and you want to hide it and you know the mommy who's or the other figure that's going to cover it up or help you out mm-hmm. or the affection it should be both ways yes there are roles there's always going to be roles there's always going to be a person's attitudes that affect that so they don't I don't believe that parents or carers or guardians have to be both identical in every aspect no because the child needs to be exposed to difference mm-hmm. starting from the parents so attitudes are going to be there yep. but from a child's perspective i have a boy so i am adamant in teaching him that you know not only the equality but look this is a two way street if you're going to have children you're going to have mm. to be able to roll up your sleeves and change those nappies and do the baths and go to the go to the the park or whatever so you know it's a two way street when it comes to to work how do you think it affects the your child in in, in this case the, how aware is he that you have to juggle both jobs really fortunately in my case he's where well, he's 13 now so he's at that age where yep. you know things make sense <laughs> yes but he's always been not that i i burdened him because it's important mm-hmm. not to burden the yep. child with your problems mm-hmm. um it's just a matter of clarity there were times where i could not go and accompany him to the outing um so i'd have to explain mommy has this important meeting i can't come to this outing on this day i will come another time it is life mm-hmm. it is life i wish i could duplicate myself <laughs> and be there all the time but it's it's not possible for anyone and also the thing about but you have to prioritize your ch- yes but if you teach your child to constantly put themselves second and to split themselves a hundred ways without ever thinking about themselves mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. has serious ramifications yep. throughout the rest of their life yep. so balance is key always yep. So it's a mix between the world doesn't revolve around you and also a lesson of commitment because if you have you're committed to something you're committed to attend the meeting it's also a valuable lesson of commitment. So yeah, I think it's important for children to understand the um, that commitment is a very valuable thing and um, nowadays I think the level of commitment is sort of fading away in some areas. I we can voluntary sector and and i know i have noticed a slight decline in the level of commitment there is always something that came up um so i think the lesson of commitment is a really valuable one even and it starts from home 
I see that also in younger team members I bring in. Okay. Um, there's the work to rule, which is right. They're totally right. Let's not bash them completely. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're not committed, but we have been so brainwashed or educated in the sense that you have to break your back and put in 60-hour weeks, even if you're paid for 40, mm-hmm. um, in order to be a valuable employee, that when now we're faced with these 20-somethings that clock in at nine and leave at five on the dot, we're shocked. Now, you mentioned voluntary work. Yes, it's probably harder for mm-hmm. people in today's day and age to be truly committed to, to voluntary work. I mean, when you were talking about the scouts, and that, it sounded wonderful to me. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'd love to do something of the sort. But how on earth can I commit to that? Not how can I find the time, because if you want to find the time to do yeah, something, you find the sure. time to do something. But how could I actually commit to that? Why are youngsters finding it difficult? Because they're putting themselves first, which is not entirely wrong. Agreed. When when you're young, up until you're in your 30s, live it to the max. Selfishly, yes. But if you're not ready to commit, don't. And I think it's a lesson we should learn from them. That it's not a wrong thing to put yourself first. And now don't get me wrong, that's not the selfishness of put yourself first as there's a disabled parking, I don't feel like walking, I'm going to park there. But teaching our children to respect themselves first is going to help them respect others. And that's where empathy, I feel, comes in. And that's an important lesson we need to learn from today's youth. Agreed. However, I think it's, it's a matter of responsibility as well. So... I agree on the fact that we really need to think of ourselves. Sometimes we have to be selfish, to put it that way, that we need to think of our own um, health and well-being in general um, without obviously um, forgetting about about the people around us. However, it comes also with a level of responsibility and um, as I'm sure that you you appreciate because being a mother... I believe that you have to fully commit and dedicate yourself to your child and um, and it comes with a huge responsibility and the fact that you need to juggle two very important aspects, your job and your child. It's a, And it's often a they ref- clash. Often they clash, as I said. They were the, the um, outings, activities at school, sick can't leave a child sick alone mm-hmm, at home mm-hmm. um, especially if you don't have a support system around you mm-hmm. and um, in fact it's probably one of the reasons why couples are delaying having children mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you need to build that security for yourself before you can have children you mentioned the the responsibility um, and and like the social yep. responsibility yep. responsibility for and and empathy for people around yep. you. Yes, that is something I've noticed. That the sense of it takes a village 
has been lost a little bit. But essentially, that's what we've taught them so far, to put themselves first. Mm-hmm. How can we correct that? If you pay attention, you realize that all these social issues that are coming up, you know, the I hate the phrase, the woke generation. Yeah. But isn't that, to a certain extent, taking care of the people around you, of speaking up when something's wrong? True. Maybe they're not giving the physical time and they're posting on social media and going out to do protests or speaking up in the supermarket when somebody says something against somebody who's in a hijab. I think that's an important lesson. I, I personally have, I struggle with this because um, I, I, I'm, I'm quite the optimist in this. Um, I believe that these shouldn't exist for the simple reason that if we simply... Um, accept one another for just the way we are and um, respect the fact and accept the fact that we are all human beings and there's no difference between us. We just have different beliefs and and a different lifestyle. But essentially, we are all the same. So so personally, I don't feel the need for these um, groups or communities who feel that that they are a minority when in reality they are part of humanity sort of again it's quite the optimistic statement it is optimistic (laughs) and idealistic and there has always been marginalization and racism and sexism and ageism and everything and i don't think it will ever vanish completely that might be the next step for an evolution evolution step in humankind so i <laughs> think that's that's one of the next phases of humanity so once we come to terms with that if we will hopefully we will i i'm a perennial pessimist <laughs> i have very little faith in humanity <laughs> well past past actions are more oriented towards your 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 train of thought rather than mine but <laughs> but again this is where balance comes in yes we need the fighters yep and as human people we need we need to have a cause yep. to fight against yeah i totally agree i think <laughs> yes as human beings definitely we need to serve a greater purpose if whatever we're not that out may hunting, be hunting we need to fight for something <laughs> <laughs> no but I, but i agree um uh, actually reminded me of the concept of purpose I, I i'm a firm believer that we need to serve some serve some sort of bigger purpose something bigger than us that we believe it will contribute to to the world um, around us um anyways we digressed a bit from from work life balance yes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, child rearing um in your career um have you ever encountered some form of resistance from from your em- employer when it comes to balancing things out between job and family? Yes. Where before I had my son, the particular job I used to do required travel. Okay. But it was regular travel at regular times of the year because we used to go to visit fairs and things like that. So it was something that could be planned. Mm-hmm. Um, but the moment I announced that I was pregnant, um, the reaction was, that's what you women do. You go Mm. off and get pregnant for me. Now, how am I going to cope? 
And that really sets you back. It literally pulled the rug from under yeah. my feet because this was somebody I respected a lot. Um, and I really didn't expect that comment, even if, and he didn't understand the gravity of what he mm. said. And I had committed and given my blood, sweat and tears mm. to, <laughs> to the company, <laughs> to this company. Um, and I used to consider myself to be a very valued employee. But when that comment was passed, I instantly made the decision, like, you know, I'm going to have my baby and never come back. And there is still this this idea that the moment they have children, but then they start getting sick and they start missing out on work and so on and so forth. And that is where I feel that the pandemic helped. Mm. Because it allowed all this remote working. And this flexibility. And um, more yeah. flexibility. It's, it's, I don't have advice to give anyone to say, how can I promote flexibility in an, in an inflexible work environment? And I'm not even going to tell anyone, go find a job that gives you those opportunities. Yep. But if you are committed to doing your job well... And when you're there, you're there 110 percent. Mm-hmm. It should follow. Now there is the establishments of HR, where when I started working, it was bloody unheard of. There was no such thing as an HR department. Nobody knew the laws. <laughs> Nobody knew that there was the 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 IER. What's what's yep, it's the conditions IER. of work. Yeah. And there was lots of abuse and so on. These things are changing. But they need to be changed in two ways. There needs to be the institutions and the laws in place that say, look, you are entitled to this, you are entitled to that. And those are happening. A lot have happened. A lot of these have happened. Also, you need to admit that, look, if I am going to do this job, if I am committing to C-level or higher, where I manage people, where a company does depend on yep. me, you need to give it your all. It's a different level of commitment. It's a different level of commitment. And I don't want to say you sacrifice. Again, it's a matter of finding balance, yep. where you put the checks and balances in place. You put your, your boundaries and you say, look, this is going to happen. The example, recently we had we had the, the finals. My son was moving up to, to Form 3, so he had to ace his exams to be yeah. able to choose the subjects mm-hmm. he wanted. And I warned him. I said, look, I have quite a, few, quite a bit of half days booked because these are his study days and I need to be with him. But there's leave. There is... Yep. You can prepare. Yep, you can plan ahead as you well. You can plan ahead. The inevitable happens. Now, if your son is suddenly taken to hospital and your boss gives you a warning because he didn't show up for work, then that's where the law comes in to protect you. So, yeah, it's tough, but put your boundaries down, be clear, but also be clear to yourself of what Mm -hmm. you're ready to commit because you cannot be both. Yep. You cannot. Ultimately... Organizations are a business. For them to exist and for us to have a job, obviously we need to to perform as well. So uh, it's a given. Um, and I agree with you on the fact that um, there needs to be regulations and commitments and responsibilities for both, both the employer and the employee. 
Um, however, I'm, I'm glad to see that um, the workforce is shifting towards a more people-centric um, uh, domain where the employee is also um, taken care of. Especially in today's competitive market, the employer needs to take very good care of their employees. As you said, certain comments hit home and all that loyalty that you've built up throughout those years crumbles in a matter of seconds. Exactly. Trust takes a lot of time to build, but a split second to shatter. So um, employers need to be very careful um, on that and to retain talent as much as possible. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, as a a team leader, as a manager, you need to nurture the talent. Now, yes, that's where my mothering instinct kicks in, which can also work against me. But you need to take care of your employees. You need to empower them. And by empower, I don't only mean, you know, bonuses and perks. And the most important thing I have in my job today, and I hope my CEO doesn't hear this, is that <laughs> I know that if I have a problem, he's not going. He's going to meet, look, go. I know you're going you're gonna to do your work if need be. Go. Um, and that... To me, the fact that I know that if I have a problem, listen, I need to leave an hour early. I need to come in an hour early. Or, listen, I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know if I'm even going to be able to work and then take yeah. it out of my leaf later. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, he's got me. I will walk through fire. I will walk on glass because I know that's what I have. And it's more important Wait in today's economy, wage is important. Yeah. <laughs> but let's not yeah. go there. But he has my my hundred percent. You have each other's back. Exactly, yep. commitment. And my commitment goes not that I have a great job, I don't want to lose it. Is that I want to improve the company. I want to push the company forward because I know it's to my benefit. Yep. And that is what needs to be understood. The, 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 yes, we are a business, and that must never be forgotten. Mm-hmm. But little things like, I have a dentist appointment, can you take half an hour leave? Oh no, and then make up for it. Yep. That Flexibility. Is, is enough. Because this concept of nine to five, you know, we've passed Fordism now. Mm-hmm. The nine to five doesn't exist. And it shouldn't exist. Okay. If you're comfortable working till six, but starting at ten... But and then you need to be flexible enough that if somebody wants a meeting at eight, so I have a few clients who are very early starters. <laughs> they're not my favorite. No, they, um, they like to have their meetings very early. But, you know, that's it. Yeah, you Today adjust. you give, yep. tomorrow you take. Yep. And I think, as you said earlier, I think through the pandemic, we've learned to be more flexible on, on, on these things. And the day-to-day, basically, it's it's life. When life kicks in, dentist appointments, medical appointments, and the sorts. And this is when, when life kicks in, and we have to appreciate that we are all human. We all have our personal lives outside the place of work. So um, the CEO or the um, managing director, when when they are aware of that, that the employees are human too, and they have their own lives too, I think that's... That's a huge boost in morale, and I think it's the key to um, increase the organizational loyalty as well. I think that these little things, allowing a certain amount of flexibility, um, not necessarily accommodating, but also working to a person's 
strengths mm-hmm. um, are more important than the flash poolside parties and the gym in the, the perks, building yeah. or, how, or the the the, the, massa- the desk massages and things like that because to me those are all gimmicks to to brainwash you into thinking you're and I don't think they improve performance significantly I mean yes we do things together but quite honestly we're much happier to pop out of the office go have a coffee at the yep. coffee shop have a good laugh do little things and I tell you don't leave your work phones in the office we're just gonna have, go have a coffee because we're stressed Let's just, just go have a coffee and get out of here and it's three quarters of an hour and we're back and we're back stronger. So it's, it's, it really is the little things, yeah. the little things. And yes, I do understand the place where you have to, you know, you have to keep rules. You have to, I'm a very process orientated person there's hierarchy there's a process there's a way to do things and so on but i'm not totally inflexible and i yep. don't think anyone should be there are guidelines there's a ladder yep. but if you go up one and then go down and then go up two it's fine the important thing is that you get to the top yep and that the core result <laughs> is achieved ultimately because um, i always say that having a plan is good but you don't need to necessarily follow the plan to the dot the plan is there as a form of guiding post to get you from A to B. Along the way, um, you need to change the plan because if you don't, that means that you're not learning as you go along. So um, from A to B, the, the plan should be there starting from A, but when you arrive at the B location, it has to have changed a bit because that shows signs of growth and that you've learned along the way. Um, earlier, you mentioned strengths and that the employer needs to play around the strengths of their employees. What would you consider the, the greatest strength that a working mother needs to have or develop in order to balance the work life and family life? The greatest strength a working mother has is the simple fact that she is Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're always on the verge of breaking down, but... We're phenomenal, quite honestly. Toot my horn a little bit because, <laughs> especially when you're doing, so not especially when you're doing a C level job, when you're doing any job, any commitment, anything, even if it's a few hours a week, yep. Yep. you still have a mental load that other people do not even imagine. So that is your strength mental fortitude. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to recognize at times that listen i'm i'm a, i'm on the edge i need 5 minutes to myself or i just need to scale back a little bit yeah great as unfortunately that's something we were discussing it a while ago that you know allowing a set certain time to myself feels sinful that self-sacrificial uh-huh, nature like, of a mother, right? Uh-huh, you, you, no, I'm not allowed to have time to myself. Should you feel you've been doing something for someone else? But that that is a strength. Also, as a mother, and I'm also very careful to to not over-mother my team, but it is important to have that element of empathy yeah. with the people around you. I work in sales, and they're completely different people. They're completely different. One is analytical, and uh, the other one is 
super aggressive. The other one is laid back, relaxed. <laughs> you wonder how anything ever gets done. And that's what I mean, play to their strengths. Um, I heard a, a very interesting discussion from somebody who is a sea level and she was saying that when she has a new project, she looks out for the angry person, for the negative person, and for the lazy person. Okay. And why is that? Because the lazy person is the one who's going to show you how to get things done in the Perfect. easiest possible way, <laughs> with the minimal effort possible. So he's your process organizer. Yeah. The angry person is there who's going to point out what's wrong, mm -hmm. what is going to trigger clients, other employees, so on and so forth. So he's going to be your, your you know, the person you watch to see what's, what's doing well and what's not. Your negative person is obviously the one who's going to point out every flaw um, in and the process. allow you yep. to improve to improve on it. And that's so, such an interesting concept. And it, it, it blew me away because I was always like, oh my God, but so-and-so is so negative and it's, we've worked so hard on this project and all he does is pick it apart. And then I was like, hold on, there's, there's, there's a wealth of, 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 you know, you have an analysis without having had to pay for it. True, So true. I was like, Talent wow. Management. I was like, so, and that completely blew my mind. So yeah, look out for everything. If they're negative, brilliant. They're your analysts. They're going to pick things apart and show you what needs to be fixed. They're lazy. Fantastic. They're going to teach you how to get done, things done effectively with minimal effort, effort maximum output. <laughs> so, wow. It well, just, that's, so that's an important lesson I learned re recently. Making very good use of the strengths of the people around you. Exactly. <laughs> and even if we consider them as negative things, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Be open look at what's around you and make the most of it because there is always something to do with what you have in your hands. <laughs> For sure. And as you said, you have to make most out of the things that are around you and are already in your possession. Because we tend to always seek the next shining object where in reality we lose focus on what we have at the moment. So uh -huh. Uh -huh. That, That's very true. And I think it's probably something that motherhood taught me where... You know, if the child has really curly hair, you're not going to get it straight. <laughs> so don't don't fight it. Go with it. And, you know, when you see... I really hate it when people comment, you know, oh, but my God, he's four years old and he's in a pushchair. She needs to get the shopping done. Just leave her be. <laughs> yes, he's in a pushchair. Makes her life that little bit easier. He's, oh my God, they're having lunch and, and the, the, the two kids have their heads in the, in the iPad. Yes, this is probably the only time in a month she can eat a hot meal and doesn't have to do the dishes afterwards. So just mind your business. Yeah, there's always <laughs> a, a, another layer, right, of what we see. Sometimes we judge on, 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 on what we're perceiving or seeing at, the, at that particular moment. But there's actually multiple layers to that, right? Yes, very true. And there's that in every aspect of life not only parenting or or you never know what a person is going through it could be small it could be big in your eyes yeah. could be massive to them could be crippling to them and that that keeping that at the back of your mind 
is important in everything, in every single thing, whether it's crossing the road or you're in your car getting really angry because they're taking really long to cross the road because they're reading their phone. Maybe they're reading some tragic news. Yeah. So take a deep breath. It's okay. <laughs> Lisa, thank you for sharing your wisdom today. It was it was a lovely conversation. We've fluctuated quite a bit. Yes. Um, <laughs> but in reality, we've been going back and forth on the topic of well-being and motherhood. And I think that's actually we are leading by example of juggling both topics at one go. So I think we were the embodiment of, of motherhood today. So <laughs> Lots of teaching moments. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was You're more than welcome. Nice. That has been uh, the Growth Schema podcast. We'll catch you on the next one.